by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. I celebrated when my children were born. You know, I got two of them. I call them Conehead and the Grape Ape. <laughs> I don't call it to their face. That would hurt their feelings. <laughs> well, much. I don't say it much, but no. I call them Conehead and the Grape Ape because both of them didn't want to come out when it was time to be born. Poor Angie. She's sitting there in labor for hours and hours. It turns into like a weird hostage negotiation to get these kids to come out. I'm like... The doctors are like, we don't know what else to do. <laughs> but Kaylee stayed in the birthing canal so long that her head was stuck in that little narrow spot. When she came out, her head was this long <laughs> for a baby. And I, I, I'm not exaggerating. The, I am not. I've got pictures of this. The nurses came and gave them one of those little caps that they put on. They rolled it all the way down, and it didn't even get to her ears. I was a little concerned. <laughs> Thankfully, it went down after a few days. But So we call her Conehead. <laughs> and the boy. You might be thinking, why would you call him a grape ape? Because he came out purple. He was purple as one of them chairs right there. Because, see, see, we was in a hospital, and he was supposed to be born. And once again, he wouldn't come out. And the doctors kept coming and saying, uh, Mr. and Ms. Sheffield, we think you're going to have to have a, a C-section. We believe this baby's too big. But see, we had been recently born again. We were faith-filled, tongue-talking folks, and we was believing God that we were going to have him naturally. We wasn't going to have to have a C-section. So we were believing God, and we were believing God, and God would send a nurse in and say, you're going to have to have a C-section. <laughs> and we'd say, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You know, we're having this baby normal. And he'd send another nurse in about a couple hours later and say, you're going to have to have God was sending the nurses, but we wasn't listening. You know, finally, when, when, when I couldn't take it no more, I was getting so tired. <laughs> it's rough having babies. <laughs> Man, I tell you, that's hard work. I said, Angie, you're going to have to have a C-section. We're going to get this over with. I don't know what you've been doing this whole time, but it ain't working. But th they brought us in the operating room. I'm telling you, it's about 20 degrees below zero in there, and I'm shivering. Angie's shivering, and her teeth are clattering. And, and I, Man, they cut up some stuff down there. I don't even, ugh. <laughs> it, it's, it's much more serious than you think it is. They're pulling things out. They threw her heart over to the left, and her lungs is coming out. I mean, things was, I don't, it, it was terrible. I, I was like, is she going to live, you know? But then they reached down in there, and they pulled this biggest baby you ever seen in and, and just held him up like in Lion King. And he was all purple, and he was like, a, he was like, uh, what's his name? The, climbed the, the uh, tower in New York, the big, King Kong. He was like a purple King Kong. Rawr. He was huge. And he was solid purple. 
And the, do the doctors were saying, I, I bet he goes 10 pounds. I bet he goes 10. And they were arguing about if he was going to make 10 pounds or not. And the whole time I'm thinking, he ain't mine. And they're saying, no, he's yours. The color will change. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but it, and it did, Whew, thankfully. But we called him the grape ape. So anyway, I just say all that to say, there, sometimes it's hard on the front end. But once the baby is born, it's time to celebrate. And just the same way when Jesus came, the Old Testament was some hard stuff, man. That was hard stuff. But when Jesus came, things are to change. There are to be joy in the house that the, that the baby was born unto us, right? Today's message, and you're going to think this is crazy, but earlier in the week I said, God, what do we need to teach him this week? What do we need to say? What do you want to say to the people Sunday? And this old song came to my mind. It wasn't even a Christian song. It was like, and I said, hmm. I didn't think about it no more. A couple days later, I said, Lord, it's getting close time. You're going to have to give me a message, you know. And I said, what do you want me to preach Sunday? And, and that same song came to me again. I said, I guess you're, you're speaking to me. And it's a song from 1998 sung by U2. And they had B.B. Uh, King played it with them. You might remember that song. When love come to town. You remember that? Whoa. whoa. Y'all don't remember that? You know I did what I did before love come to town. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all weren't even born in 1988. What am I thinking here? Huh? And then they go, and, and then I sing and then you sing. Whoa. Whoa. I just seeing if y'all are going to help me today. It's going to be good. So we're entitling today's message, When Love Comes to Town. <laughs> I hear you, Chad. Let's go to Luke chapter 2. How many is going to read the Christmas story to your family this Christmas? Well, the, you can either go to Matthew 1 or you, at the end of Matthew 1 or you can go to Luke 2. We're going to go to Luke 2.10. It says... And he's talking, this is when the angels came to the shepherds out in the field, announcing the birth of Jesus. The angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Say great joy. Great joy. See, I'm telling you, birth is a time of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, a Savior. It was the day that love came to town. Woo I'm celebrating just thinking. It's the day that God became one of his own creation. Who could have thunk it? The very angels were scratching their head. Wait a minute, what? The unapproachable, unseeable, all-powerful creator of all things is going to enter into the belly of the womb of a little teenage girl and in his own creation and be born in a manger in a little farmhouse not even a house, a farm shed 
And the angels are scratching their head. But it was the day that Matthew 1.23, like um, Kaylee just said, Look! Look! The virgin will conceive a child. It's a miracle birth. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you understand the implications of that? That God is with us? What if God wasn't for us? Oh, my goodness. But he came to be one of us. And Jesus, oh, make no mistake, my, my friend, he is God 100%. But he became man 100% for our sakes. And he came to show us that when love comes to town, things need to change. Because you humans are messing things up. You humans are not doing right. I mean, he had no sooner kicked them out of the garden for sinning, and they, they had their first child. A, a baby boy was born to Adam and Eve. And he grew up and he, he murdered his brother. <laughs> Talking about dysfunctional families. The very first family was totally dysfunctional. By the time Noah was born... It says in Genesis 6, 5 that the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. He looked down and he said, God was scratching his head. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Another place I think is in Jeremiah said the, the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Man, without love coming to town, we will mess it up, I'm telling you. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. What breaks God's heart? To see how we treat one another when we don't act in the love of God, when we don't have the love of God. <laughs> yeah, by the time of Noah, he could only find eight people that would get on the love boat. Later on, when the angel of the Lord, which I think was a pre-incarnate of Jesus Christ, came to destroy the wicked towns of Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham argued. He said, if there's 50 righteous in the city, you won't destroy the righteous with the unrighteous, will you? And God said, no, I won't do that. For 50's sake, I, I won't destroy the town. And Abraham said, what about 40? What about 35? What about 30? He, he worked him on down, got him all the way down to 10 people. He said, if there's, if there's 10 righteous in this, in this town, I won't destroy it. In the whole city now, 10 people. Sure, there's 10 people in the city. And God will spare the city. But it wasn't. See, we were messing up. And I think if we'll remember back before Jesus in our life, we were messing up. We didn't have love. Love hadn't come to town yet. Right? Couldn't find ten righteous in the whole city. Got Lot and his wife and his daughters. And that was about it. And then Lot's wife turned back. And then 
The funny thing is, when love did come to town, when Jesus in the pre-incarnate form of the angel of the Lord came to Sodom and Gomorrah and they, they went in Lot's house, the people of the town, love come to town and they wanted to have sex with him. And boy, if you look at the human heart, it often confuses love and lust, doesn't it? Just messes those two all up. Same way, when Jesus came to town, the Bible uses four different words for love. They're not all, the, the Greek and the Hebrew, they're not always the same word. Um, the, those languages are a li bit, little bit more expressive than our English language. And uh, I knew that philea was like the one that's used for brotherly love, because our town, Philadelphia, came from that, the town, the city of brotherly love, Philea, Philadelphia. Phileo is, the, I think, a Greek word for, one of the Greek words for love. Then you have eros, E-R-O-S, which is where we get the word erotica, right, or erotic or whatever. That's more of a sensual, romantic, man and woman type of love. And I didn't know about this third one. It's called storge. I guess that's how you pronounce it. S-T-O-R-G-E, and it's like a empathetic love. You, you love and want to, you feel sorry for somebody, you want to help them a little bit. But in 1 John 4, verse 9, it says, In this, the love of God was manifest, manifested to us. And that word love right there is the word agape. A-G-A-P-E. And this is the, the love of God. This is the God kind of love. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world. Do you know how much love that took? That we might live through him. In this love, not that we loved God. I mean, we didn't have a clue. But that he loved us. He agaped us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. In other words, the sacrifice for our sins. He took our place. He bore our cross. And that is the love of God. That is the agape kind of love. That's God's love. Agape is pure. It's unconditional. Thank goodness, right? I mean, we, get, we need to remember that when we're beating ourselves up and condemnation is all over us because, oh, God's not going to love me now. Surely he can't love me now. He loves you way back then. He loves you now. His love doesn't change. God is love, it says in 1 John 4. There's a young girl on the Internet named Elisa wrote, and she wrote this. When the word agape is used in the Bible, it refers to a pure and a willful and a sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's highest good. I thought that was a good definition of agape love. God wants the best for you like we've been talking about. He wants you to get your heart in position to receive his best. His intention is that you would walk in the same kind of love. But we're not always so good at it, are we? I mean, I, I know I wasn't. How many of you wanted to be a good person before you got saved? 
Everybody wanted, you always wanted to be a good person. I go to the jailhouse, everybody raises their hand, they want to be a good person. I say, how many of you being a good person? <laughs> but, but how many of you are a lot better person now that you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you? Amen. You may not have arrived, but you ain't where you used to be. Amen. And that love of God is changing you day to day, day by day. From glory to glory. Faith to faith, precept upon precept. As you learn and grow and grow closer to Christ, you're growing and being the person that you never imagined that you could be but wanted to be. And that love of God is what's doing it. But woe unto us before we got saved. <laughs> we had not a clue. In fact, when we brought Kaylee home, me and Angie weren't saved. We couldn't believe they gave us that baby to bring home. <laughs> Y'all trusting this with us? We know who we are. Wait a minute. Is there a booklet or something we need? To, to, you know, how do we do this? Everybody just left us alone. And the first day, we thought we had it down. Well, we, she'd start crying a little bit. We'd change a diaper, stick a, one of those things in her mouth or a bottle or something. And we were good. Along about the second day, I don't know what happened. She started crying. We changed her diaper. We put a thing in her mouth. We, we held her. We did everything we knew, but she would not stop crying. I'm like, Angie, where's that book we had before we had her about how to do pregnancy? Maybe it'll say something. Maybe it'll tell us what to do. And we were yelling at each other, weren't we? We were freaking out. We could not believe they had sent us home with no instructions. And that baby just cried, and she cried, and, and there was nothing that we could do to stop her. And we thought we were failing as parents already. And I can say, that love that I had for little Conehead when she was, when, when she had, you know, she was smelling like uh, baby powder, and she was all cute and snuggly, and her, and she smells like a little baby. It didn't feel the same when she was sitting there, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and, and, and then that first poopy diaper came. Oh, I don't know what's in that thing. Tar or something. Have y'all seen that? The first one? I mean, you could tar a roof with this thing. And I was like, oh. Uh. But I wasn't feeling the love. And I want you to understand, human love, before you meet Jesus, is conditional. It goes up and down according to how you feel at the moment. But we're talking about God's kind of love, the day that love came to town. John 13, 34 says, Jesus says, So now, in light of my coming, so now, in other words, it, that used to be, but now... I'm giving you a new commandment. And what is it? Agape. A new kind of love. You're not going to treat each other the way you used to. Agape each other. Just as I have agaped you, you should love each other. Your love or your agape for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. It's not just that we get along. Not that we say hello when we come to church. Not that so every now and then you might help somebody move. But we're talking about a willful 
love that sacrifices and really wants the best for other people's lives. There ought to be a real love in the body of Christ that identifies us as his disciples. Not just, I mean, the, the world can love as good as we're loving half the time. But there need, we need to get into the agape love. You know, human love says, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord at the beginning of the week. But by the end of the week, we've been talked out of our love, and we're shouting, crucify him, crucify him. That's human love. That sounds like a lot of marriages, even in the church today. We're all excited at the altar. And then when we realize that she's that he's 40 years old and he's still pooping his diaper. No. <laughs> then we don't love him so much. And we're not loving people sacrificially. We hadn't made up our mind to love like Christ. How has he loved you? What has he loved you through? All your stuff. It's a decision. It's a verb. It's an action. It's the decision of your will that I will love you. And you can only do it if you have the spirit of love on the inside of you. You know, God gave us the law. He tried to say, hey, guys, kids, kids, uh, don't kill one another. Stop lying to your brother. Don't. Don't commit adultery. Look, love me, and I'll show you the way. Don't use my name as a cuss. Oh, no. He gave us the law, but it didn't help us. It just showed us how sinful we were. It helped us in that regard. It showed us that we had a need for a Savior. Nor as I have. He tried to reason with us. He sent the prophets. He said, guys, if you keep going this way, this is going to happen. But we didn't listen, did we? We believed that we were the exception. That even though the Bible says God is not mocked, whatsoever man soweth, that will he also reap. We believed that we were the exception and we were not going to reap the wages of sin. But we did. He, he reasoned with us. But only, it was only when the love of God came to town is what changed us. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Maybe I was wrong to ever let you down, but I did what I did before love came to town. How many of you can say that? You look back and I said, I ain't acting like that no more. I did all that before love came to town. I'm not doing that again. Jesus was born the agape of God. And so we must be born again. He gave us a reset. We were born into sin and destruction. We were born into death. There was no hope for us. But Jesus came and gave us a rebirth. When we received him as our Lord, he sent his spirit into our heart. And the same resurrection power that raised him from the dead now resurrected us into a new beginning. A new life. We're now a babe in Christ all over again. 
And it's worth celebrating. It's the day that love came to down. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God. So you can't love until you've been born of God and know God. Does that make sense? you got to be born again. The same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that's going to raise you from your death. The same love that Jesus was, it's His Spirit in your heart that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. When I was didn't know Christ, I can... I wasn't a terrible person. I wasn't a murderer much. I, I didn't I didn't do, you know, some things that other people did, a few of them. And, but if you'd asked me, I thought I was doing pretty good. But if you look back at every decision that I ever made, it was all about me. I would love you as long as I was getting what I wanted from you. I would even help people sometime, and, but it was so that I could look like a good person. I wanted to be that good person. I couldn't be that good person. My motives was wrong. Everything was about me. And that's why the Bible says don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. If you get married to an unbeliever, they're going to pretend to love you until they don't. And it's not going to be unconditional. And then when you die, you're going to heaven and they're going to hell. It's just not worth it. There is a difference between believers and unbelievers, and it is the Spirit of God on the inside of us. It is the love of God, the agape love of God that allows us to be different. Now, I know the agony of bringing a child into this world. It was rough work. It was, I mean... There was hours upon hours. I, I was sitting there and that machine was just ding, 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 ding with these contraction things. And I mean, it wasn't easy on Angie neither. <laughs> but John sixteen twenty one says, A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, it says she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being is born into the world. And that's why God says, put your past in the past. Let's remember that stuff no more. Let's move on with the agape kind of love. And let's, let's never return back to who you... Let's, no, let's not go back to the Old Testament. The promises in the New Testament are so much better. And the law, it's fulfilled in the law of love. If you're, if, you're, if you're loving people with agape love, then guess what? You're fulfilling the law. You're not stealing from them. You're not lying to them. You're not uh, cheating with their wife. You're not going to do any of that stuff. We need to be led by the love of God. The world has experienced enough we have done enough destruction down here. We look around and we see all these people killing one another, raping, pillaging, destroying, 
lying, defaming each other, wanting to have a civil war right now. We see all that going on. Why? These are people who have not received the love of God. And so it's imperative for us who are believers, us who have the words of eternal life, to share them with others so that love can come on the inside of us. That is the hope for America. That is the hope for our nation, for our family. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost so that we will begin to see things the way God sees things. That's the change that we need. I wrote down, like I said, this is not a Christian song. I think U2 claims to be Christian. So I guess when they were writing this song, when love comes to town, I mean, I know it just welled up in their heart to write this verse. I was there when they crucified my Lord. I held the scabbard when the soldier drew his sword. I threw the dice when they pierced his side. But I've seen love conquer the great divide. When love comes to town, I'm going to catch that train. When love comes to town, I'm going to catch that flame. Maybe I was wrong to ever let you down, but I did what I did before love come to town. Now, you see, when love comes to town, lepers are healed. When love comes to town, the blind see, the lame walk, the, the dumb talk, and the dead are raised to life again. You see, love will make a difference. When love comes to town, redemption is paid. Wrongs are righted. Forgiveness is extended. When love comes to town, relationships are repaired and faith restored. Now I'm telling you, if you'll let love come to town, demons will begin to tremble. Darkness will flee. The price will be paid. And sin will be destroyed in your life. When you let love come to town, self gives away. Storms are stilled and the impossible becomes possible. When love comes to town, people drop their stones. And adulteresses walk away and sin no more. When love comes to town, orphans find a home. The hungry are fed, the lonely find a friend, the hopeless find hope, and God smiles upon our land. When love comes to town, Isaiah 61 says, Arise and shine. That's your commission today, church. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Oh, in deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Let that love shine. When love come to town, whoa, 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 Lord, we thank you. We're so excited. Oh, what don't we have? You've given us your spirit, your power. You've given us your name, which is the name above every other name. You've given us your word. You've given us eternal life. You've given us direction and purpose. You've let us 
be part of your church, the thing you're building on the earth. Our days do matter. Our direction, our course is important to you. You've walked this thing out with us. And more important than anything, I guess, is you gave us your love. When love come to town, it changed everything in our hearts, God. When you sent that little child born in a manger, we beheld the face of God and that he's for us and not against us. He was willing to lay down his life that we might live. That's agape. Father God, we thank you for that agape love. We pray in Jesus' name. Now I want you to know that if you're listening to this sermon, whether it's online or you're hearing the the sanctuary today that that love is for you if it was just you down here messing up he would have came to give you a second chance to put that love in your heart and all you need to do the bible says is confess him to be your lord turn from your your, your darkness i mean really you don't want to stay there right please tell me you don't want to stay in the darkness please tell me you want to be a good person please tell me that you want your life to count. And God's saying, if you want those things, turn, repent, turn from the darkness you've been living in unto the light of the world, which is Jesus. And confess him to be Lord, meaning that you're going to follow him. You're going to lay down your plans and your purposes and pick up his, something a little bit more meaningful, a little bit more eternal, and saying, God, I want you to guide my life. And I want that love so that I can treat my family good, so I can treat my spouse good, so I can raise my children with love unconditionally. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, call out to him right now. You would just say something like this, and you can say it with me now. God, I believe that Jesus is your son. It's the day that love came to town. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I believe in you, and I need you. Forgive me of my sins, and lead me in a path of right living that I may bring glory and honor to your name. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you can't do this by yourself. You can't do this by yourself. So develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's the one that God sends into your heart. Whether you've been saved here for 60 years or you just got saved six seconds ago. He is the Holy Spirit. You need to acknowledge him. You need to ask him to, to let, you need to give him permission to live through you. Isn't that what John the Baptist says? I must decrease. And he must increase. Doesn't the Bible say that it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. We've got to put this old self down. We've got to die daily, take up our cross, and let God lead. Merry Christmas, everyone. Whoa. listening to the podcast today. 
We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.